following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. The heel that seals the deal, the villain, the state show, and the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. And this is the Lucha Outsider Show. Episode, not 148, because this ain't episode 148. I don't know what this is. I don't know how long this episode's going to even be. Is it even really an episode? Because guess what, guys? I'm Solo Jones here. I am recording by myself, Yo Man Leo, Sammy Suplex. They're not with me right now. Or via Skype, Zoom, one of those... uh facetime gimmicks the old man leo he's actually on vacation with his family and sammy suplex let's just say he's still dealing with some stuff you guys that know him personally or listen to our last episode episode 147 know exactly what i'm talking about so make sure you send them some positive vibes to his way now why am i doing this why couldn't i wait a week because the amount of shit that's happened the last 48 hours I need to record something, so if that means I have to record something by myself, I'll do that. Because guess what? I'm a talker. That's just what I do. We had Impact Slammiversary, and we also had the Good Brothers do a tell-all exposing the WWE. Well, not really exposing. Maybe exposing a certain someone. But uh, a lot of crazy shit has happened, and I feel like I need to record something. I needed to react to it. That's the way I'm feeling, so that's why you heard a different intro. Uh, than usual, because I don't I don't consider this. Yes, this is under the Lucha Outsider Show channel. This is like a bonus show, but it's not really episode one forty eight because I'm I don't have my co-host with me or I don't have a guest co-host here. It's just kind of me just talking and rambling because that's what I do. FYI, guys, if you guys hear like a, a little noise in the background, that's actually my French bulldog Marty. Yeah, he's snoring. So if you hear a little like, that's uh yeah that's him. So don't mind his snoring. So let's talk about Impact Wrestling Slamversary. If you guys haven't been watching their product, you get the biggest congratulations because their product has been really, really good. I look forward every Tuesday night to watch Impact Wrestling. They've actually uh, have been on the come up. Yes, they've been on the come up for the last uh, two years since 2018, rebuilding their brand. They they had LAX that did great things for them. Uh, Lucha Brothers also john morrison formerly johnny impact and brian cage is another one but man this company has been they've done a big turnaround since 2018 and based on what we saw last night at slammiversary i think it's continuing you know they they definitely had to come up due to some stuff with the speaking out movement and then tessa going rogue they're, they're doing a great job with their product I, I truly enjoy their product and last night I gotta give them credit because they didn't go the AEW and now WWE route with actually having their talent as fans. They didn't do that. They put on a pay-per-view with no audience, no reacts, no nothing. And the show top to bottom was really good. I have no complaints. Would I like some of the talent that they're not using to be in the crowd and kind of have some background noise? Yeah, absolutely. I would like that. But they, they, they're choosing not to do that, you know? Gotta give him credit. It was a great show last night. So the show started with the Rascals doing an open challenge. And there was a lot of speculation online throughout the day. And even going back to Friday, there was a lot of uh, speculation that it was going to be the Motor City Machine Guns. Alex Shelley put out a tweet 
I want to say earlier this week, or maybe even last week, saying that he was uh, reunited with Chris Sabin and they were working out, dropped a line that I think a lot of people kind of, it kind of went over their heads. He said that he was getting ready for this pure title tournament that's happening in Ring of Honor, but Ring of Honor hasn't been running shows. And then he also said that Chris Sabin is getting ready for his Impact return. So when I read that tweet, I originally thought like, yo, Alex Shelley just spilled the beans. I wasn't even thinking about the Motor City Machine Guns. I was thinking that Chris Saban was going to be that surprise entrant in the main event. I thought he was going to be number four, like the fourth guy. And obviously, we got something completely different in the main event. But that's what I thought because Chris Saban is a former world champion. That's where my head was at. Well, I was wrong because we got the return of the Motor City Machine Guns. And wow, it was so good to see them back on Impact Wrestling. They look great, especially Alex Shelley. I think Alex Shelley's so underrated. You know what Alex Shelley reminds me of? And it's not necessarily his wrestling style because his wrestling style is very different. But his wrestling mindset reminds me a lot of CM Punk. So we got the Rascals and we got the Motor City Machine Guns. They answered the open challenge. And let me tell you something, this match was great. I wish this match would have happened in front of a live crowd. Because man, it was such a great opener. And now we have the Motor City Machine Guns back in Impact Wrestling. So what does that mean? Does Is Alex Shelley still kind of like a free agent? Because think about it. In one year, right? And 2020 isn't over yet. This guy has appeared on WWE TV, which is NXT. He's done Ring of Honor show. And he's also in Impact Wrestling. What is this with the uh, Machine Guns? Are like they back full time? Is this going to just be a couple appearances here or there? I think the Motor City Machine Guns are super underrated tag team. And the Rascals, man. You could definitely see a lot of uh, Motor City Machine Guns-esque. Um, could see that they were expired by the Machine Guns. And Machine Guns, to be honest with you, that hybrid style, they kind of fathered that. The Machine Guns ended up picking up the win against the Rascals. Very competitive match and a great opener. The following match is a storyline that, man, I've been so invested in it. Especially when he brought out the title. And that's Moose. With the TNA World Championship. Hey, he's the real world champion. And you know, for if you really look at it, the whole pandemic started and Tessa being stuck out in Mexico and her not being able to come to the States to do some of the shows and, you know, her going rogue and not sending any uh, video uh, promos or anything like that. Moose, technically, if you want to be technical here, he's been the only world champion in Impact Wrestling. Some people are calling it a prop title. Others are kind of calling him a real world champion i'm kind of in between there because i've been enjoying this story so much i think they just just acknowledge it and make it a secondary title why why not you know shows history of tna and uh, moose looks like a world champion so he ended up defending the tna world championship against tommy dreamer in an old school rules match which was pretty much a hardcore match it was what it was you know i was entertained by the match when i look at tommy dreamer i'm like man this guy has given his body and his blood sweat and tears for the wrestling business and for him at this age just is still going and with him running house of hardcore before like the whole pandemic started and working between like impact and mlw and i think he's done a couple things for aw also man this guy is just such a hard worker and man he loves the wrestling business so much but yeah for this match for what it was it was great moose picks up another win and he continues carrying the tna world championship and now he remixed it he added a white strap to it the title doesn't look bad it's a you know, the TNA World Championship to me is like one of these underrated championships. I guess it's because 
at one point, a lot of people saw TNA as a joke, and they didn't even acknowledge TNA. But man, that title's beautiful. It's a beautiful looking title. And just what Moose is doing right now, it's probably some of the best work he's done in his whole career. Uh, I know he gets a lot of criticism for some of the things he does in his private life. But man, as a character on TV and the story he's telling with that championship, it's really good. I've been really enjoying it. The following matchup was to crown the new number one contender for the Knockouts Championship. It was a woman's gauntlet match, but it kind of had like a Royal Rumble rules to it, meaning I think it was like every two minutes or like every minute a new competitor would come out. So elimination is over the top, but then when it got to the final two, it would just be like a one-on-one match. So here's the competitors for this match. We got Taya Valkyrie, we got Kylie Ray, Havoc, Kimberly, Alyssa Edwards, Tasha Steeles, Kara Hogan, Sue Young, well, Susie. Rosemary, uh, Madison Rain, and Nevaeh. You know, this match for what it was, it, I was entertained too. Uh, all women busted their ass. I think my only nitpick was, man, Tasha Steele's got uh, eliminated too quick, and I'm a Jersey guy, so it's like, man, come on. You could have let her rock out for a little bit longer in the match. But besides that, uh, the match was really, really good. Uh, it came to the final two competitors, which was Kylie Ray and Taya Valkyrie, and Kylie Ray got uh, got to pick up the win here, and now she's a new number one contender for the Knockouts Championship. There was some shenanigans in there with Johnny Bravo, which is uh, he used to be a, a referee for Impact, and then he ended up kind of like turning heel and joining Johnny Impact at the time when he was still with the company and Taya Valkyrie, and then ever since that. He's kind of been like kind of a lackey slash. I wouldn't even call him a manager. He's kind of just been like a lackey to Taya Valkyrie. He's just looks. He's just an idiot, you know. But he's entertaining, you know. He's funny. He just does so many stupidity. And I think at one point, I forget who it was. I think it was Kylie Ray and Nevaeh. They were in the corner when um, Johnny Bravo came out as Rosemary. Like she came out first to tie a Valkyrie in earlier the match, and he ended up getting like eliminated. But then like later on in the match, towards the end. He ended up coming out like Rosemary. And I think if you rewatch that match, you see Nevaeh and Kylie Ray in the corner. And, like, I forget if they were, if Kylie was stomping on Nevaeh or Nevaeh was, like, choking Kylie. I forget. Or maybe they were trying to, like, eliminate each other. But, like, you could see them, like, trying to hold their laughter. Just how ridiculous Johnny Bravo looks. This match was good for what it was. And, you know, Kylie Ray picked up the win. So now she's the new number one contender. So coming up next wasn't even a match. We got Heath Slater. Heath Slater just jumped over the railing. He had the free agent shirt. He got in the ring. He got the mic. That's one thing. I got to knock uh, Impact Wrestling a little bit. They got to fix their audio issues because so, like, his mic was not working at all like that. It, it just sounded very cloudy. But nonetheless, cut a promo saying like he's an Impact Wrestling. He's trying to make an impact. And then uh, oh, what's his name? Um, I think his name is Riju Raju. I think his name is. Could be wrong here. Rohit Raju, there you go. He used to be part of the Desi Hit Squad. He was actually the only guy that I was really into out of stable, if you want to call him that. He's really good on the mic. And he's actually a really good talent, too. So he came out uh, saying that, you know, he's tired of people taking his spots. And that's kind of been his storyline and his gimmick the last couple of weeks, especially um, during this pandemic started. Been saying and cutting promos how people are not even looking at him. He's underutilized. And so uh, he comes out. He's saying that he's tired of people taking his spots because uh, Heath Slater did mention that he was keeping his eye on the, the main event. And I think he wanted to, to be that, that fourth guy, at least in his promo. So Rohi came out. They had a little confrontation, and, you know, he Slater put the boots on him. And, you know, he Slater got a... If, it, if there would have been a fan base, he would have gotten an uproar. Nice little look for Heath Slater. They, later on in the night, they had this old backstage segment where uh, Heath Slater reunites with um, Rhino. 
they hug each other and they're happy to see each other and i think scott the Moore came out and was like hey heath you don't work here so due to the pandemic and stuff you know i'm gonna i'm gonna have to ask you to leave so then rhino told heath like don't worry he's gonna take care of it just to sh for him to show up on tuesday and they'll figure something out so it looks like maybe in storyline heath hasn't signed a deal with impact but in reality, maybe he did sign a, a deal with Impact. We got we got to wait and see. But it's good to see Heath back on TV. I know recently we just seen him on WWE TV with the whole Drew McIntyre stuff. You know, I, I think Impact Wrestling could use a guy like Heath. You know, he he's such a likable guy, and and he's getting back into shape. So so good for Heath. Good for Heath. I'm ha I'm happy for the guy. Hashtag it's Rebel time. So the following matchup was Chris Bay challenging for the x division championship against willie mack this match was really really good props to both guys here it's very unfortunate that willie mack ended up dropping the the title to chris bay don't get me wrong i'm a big chris bay fan super talented i don't know why cody rhodes kept on like procrastinating on like signing him not signing him i don't know what's the deal there but impact definitely picked him up and while i'm am happy that chris bay did win the championship this is his first major title like on television happy for him but like willie mack didn't really have a memorable run with the x division championship nonetheless great match props to both guys and now chris bay's your new x division champion so the next match i like i'm a big fan of three of the guys in the match and this is no disrespect to ken shamrock he's a he's a legend the hall of famer in, in wrestling and the ufc but man it's it's kind of weird like i get the story they were trying to tell with him and sammy callahan where they couldn't get along, they're 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 they're, they're, they're kind of like strange bedfellows, but uh, I, I don't know, man. It, it, mostly this match was just for the North to pick up a win. Which, listen, if y'all sleeping on Impact Wrestling, y'all sleeping on the North, bro. The North, they're like right now my top five, maybe even three tag teams when it comes to 2020. They've been doing their thing since they captured those tag titles last year. They've been holding those Impact tag titles for like a full year. I think it's a full year plus at this point. Ethan Page, I'm a big fan of him. Ethan Page, I've been following his career since he was working at Evolve, which he was a little bit heavier. Like, I wouldn't say like he was like obese fat, but like, you know, he, he just had a lot more weight on him compared to how he is now. Dude looks in phenomenal shape. Those are, uh, that's motivation for me because... I mean, I'm not the skinniest guy. I'm not saying I'm the biggest guy either, but I've always had like weight issues throughout my whole life. So just looking at Ethan Page, man, that that's a motivation that I once things start getting like situated back in the area I live at, I need to hit my hit my ass to the gym. I'm not trying to get like a six pack or anything because I like my beer, but um, I definitely want to drop some lbs if you know what I mean. Ethan Page, big fan of him, and Joshua Alexander. That's another guy, man. That dude's a monster in the ring. And together, they really are such a great tag team. And I think they're very underrated. I don't think people give them the credit they... Because they're that good. They ended up defeating Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock. They kind of had a... a f uh, not a fagazi finish. They got a clean win. But I noticed that Sammy Callahan was trying to get into the ring. And then I think Ethan Page made the pin on Ken Shamrock. And then they picked up the win. And they got on the mic. Started talking some smack. And then out of nowhere... The Motor City Machine Guns come out and they start arguing who's the best tag team. But guess what? This Tuesday, we're going to get a match between the North and the Machine Guns. Man, I really hope the Machine Guns st stay around um, Impact Wrestling for a little bit. I I'm not sure what Alex Shelley's situation is with Ring of Honor. Great seeing the Machine Guns and I expect this match to be awesome on Tuesday night. But I do want the North to retain. I think the money match for the North 
is against the Good Brothers somewhere down the line. I don't want to see a rush, but that's the money match for the North. The following match was for the Knockouts Championship, the Women's Championship. It was Jordan Grace defending her Knockouts title against Deanna Perrazzo. Deanna Perrazzo, I was so happy when they ran that promo package of her coming to Impact and showing up to Impact Wrestling. Because this is a girl that I think was very, very, very underutilized and not appreciated at all in WWE. I think she's better than all some of the I won't even say some i'll say a lot of the girls in WWE. i'm not saying on raw or smackdown maybe some on smackdown like lacey evans i think she's better than lacey evans but whatever this is not about WWE. but like there's some talent in nxt it's like like i think she's better than chelsea green like yeah chelsea green has like the look that vince likes but i think diana perrazzo is better than chelsea green you know i don't think chelsea green that i won't say she's bad i think she's good but I think Deanna Perrazzo is better. But nonetheless, we had uh, Deanna Perrazzo challenging for the knockouts title against Jordan Grace. This match was really, really good. I was really into it. Very technical. Am I happy for Deanna Perrazzo capturing the title? Yes. But Jordan Grace didn't really have a memorable run with the title. And I know the pandemic, it, it plays a factor. But man, I think they could have they probably had a finish where maybe Deanna, Deanna passes out due to submission or... Or something. They could have done something. And maybe we could have revisited this at Bound for Glory. Or maybe we could have gotten like a three-way or something. I just don't think... Um, I love Deanna. But man, I just wanted to see Jordan Grace just hold the title a little bit longer. But we'll see what happens. Uh, I am happy for Deanna because she's finally getting some shine. You know? She's finally getting exposure she finally is working for a company that appreciate her and values her and are putting stock into her and unfortunately wwe wasn't doing that i don't know if it was a triple h call i'm not really sure what happened there uh, maybe nxt just didn't see anything in diana which if that was the case why even sign her you know like think about it the reason why she couldn't be part of all in because she was originally going to be in that four-way was because she signed to nxt so what was it like they signed her to nxt so she wouldn't be an all-in. But I am happy for Deanna now. And I'm happy that she's at a, a company that values her. If you know what I mean. Alright guys, main event. So scheduled to be a four-way to crown a new Impact World Champion. The original match was Tessa defending the Impact World Championship against Michael Elgin, Eddie Edwards, Trey Miguel, and Ace Austin. Now, due to a lot of crap that was happening with Tessa not wanting to visit the Impact. I think they were trying to sign her to an extension where she could defend the title at Slammiversary and drop it and then they could like either renegotiate for a new deal or maybe she just wanted to separate from Impact. Like I really want to hear what's the full story behind that because man it kind of rubs me the wrong way. I feel like Sammy Callahan didn't have a really memorable run with the title either and looking back at it now it's like maybe they shouldn't have put the title on tessa you know this is a, a company impact wrestling that stood behind tessa with all the allegations that came out towards her and they put the world title on her it's like damn and then you have a guy like sammy this guy's been loyal to impact who know i think his contract is up later this year so who knows what's going to happen there i, I think they should have gave him they, he could have been the one defending this title at, at our slam anniversary instead they gave it to tessa and then tessa ended up screwing impact wrestling I think it's fucked up. Um, I'm a big Tessa fan. I like Tessa, but how she handled this was the wrong way. I don't know if she got greedy. I don't know if she just spoiled. I don't know what it is, but Tessa, if you're listening to this, which I know you're not, uh, get your head together. <laughs> and then you have the Michael Elgin situation. Michael Elgin has always had like a, a funny past with this whole speaking out movement. More shit started coming out and 
And Pac was like, nah, we can't, we can't deal with you. And you know, he's a great worker, but it's just, just you gotta watch what you do out there, people. Don't be a dick. Don't be a prick. And if you're preaching all this good stuff or whatever, and you have a dark past, like you know that you don't want it to out, out there, exploit it to it, you know, exposed to the world. And just keep your mouth shut and mind your fucking business. That's it. That's all I got to say. So Michael Elgin, uh, there was rumors that he got suspended. There was other rumors that he fired. I don't necessarily know the exact story there, but he wasn't part of this match. So then it just became a three-way, which then they made it into a four-way with a mystery opponent. So earlier in the night, Rich Swan uh, actually did an interview saying that he was going to watch the world title match closely because he's gunning for the Impact World Championship once he's cleared. Now, going back to earlier this year, he got injured. Uh, he was scheduled to be part of a, I believe, a tag match with Willie Mack at um, Hard to Kill, which was uh, their January pay-per-view where uh, Tessa ended up winning the world title. And I think they were going to challenge for the tag titles. And, and Willie Mack actually went there alone with no partner. Obviously, the North went over, but he was actually scheduled to be part of that match. So this guy's been like on the sidelines for like the longest. You know, Trey Miguel comes out. Ace Austin comes out. Eddie Edwards comes out. We're trying to figure out who's the mystery fourth opponent, right? Rich Swan comes out. So I'm like, okay. It wasn't the surprise that I was looking for. But hey, I'm cool with it. It looks like maybe Rich Swan might win this thing. By the way, this match was elimination rules. Just when you think it's going to be, all right, here's the fourth guy. We're going to get this four-way. Some music hits. And it's fucking Eric Young. Eric Young comes out. He looks great. Super underrated talent. WWE they fucked him, all right? This is a guy that had a great thing going with Sanity and NXT. And then once they got moved to SmackDown, they just put a kibosh on the whole fucking stable. And they, they watered them down. And Eric Young just kept on wandering around and probably doing, like, that show main event and dark matches that we don't even know about. But Eric Young ends up getting on the mic saying that he ended up winning his first world title at Slammiversary. And now this match is a five-way elimination rule. This match was really, really good. A lot of good spots there. But it came down to the final two. Ace Austin, Eddie Edwards. Now, when I'm watching this play out, I'm like, are we going to see the return of Aces and Eights? Because they've been kind of teasing that on Impact Wrestling. That's been the speculation. Bully Ray, he's no longer in Ring of Honor. So he's open to sign back with Impact Wrestling. So I'm thinking, like, we're going to get the Aces and Eights. We're going to get, like, Bully Ray. We're going to get Carl Anderson. And we're going to get Doc Gallows, which he's a former member of Aces and Eights. And we're going to get kind of, like, a new version of it. And I was thinking, like, yo, what better way of, like, them aligning themselves with Ace Austin and Mad and Madman Fulton. And then you have, like, the new stable right there, like... He's like the, the, the new golden boy, you know, of, of Aces and Eights. You know, Ace Austin. That's what I was thinking originally. But we start seeing the back and forth. And Eddie Edwards just gets a clean win on Ace Austin. And I'm happy for Eddie Edwards. Eddie Edwards is a guy, I think he's very underrated too. You know, a lot of people just remember him as a tag team guy. You know, from his days with the, as the American Wolves with uh, Davey Richards, you know, in Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling. He's kind of a... He's kind of put a fresh coat of paint on him ever since he's kind of adopted this, like, kind of, not a hardcore wrestler, but he kind of reminds me a little bit of Tommy Dreamer, you know, with the candlestick and, you know, with his new attire now. And, and I like I liked this version of Eddie Edwards. And he's been a very loyal guy to Impact Wrestling, so I kind of see why they put the title on him. But, man, I was kind of rooting for Ace Austin. So I'm, like, thinking, like, what's going to happen here, right? So Eddie Edwards pick up, picks up the win. You get the return of Madman Fulton. He jumps in the ring. starts beating up Eddie Edwards. And then the Good Brothers come out. First of all, I got to give a congratulations to Doc Gallows. Because this guy, like, if you watch it, 
when he was going down the ramp, he almost slipped, had to catch himself. It looked very, very funny on camera. So they get in the ring, and they just kind of have a stare down with Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. And I'm thinking, like, what's going to happen here? Like, are they going to, like, join with them or whatever? And they kind of just, like, they're kind of, like, talking or whatever, and they're looking at Eddie Edwards, and they kind of try to make it seem like they're going to all beat up on Eddie Edwards. But no, they end up beating up Ace Austin and Madman Fulton, and then they celebrate with Eddie Edwards with a couple of beer skis. And that's the end of the show. So we thought. So we see the Good Brothers celebrating with Eddie Edwards. They show this promo vignette. And it's EC fucking 3. So if you guys have been following EC3, he's been kind of like teasing with the crowd. Like kind of changing the narrative of him getting released back in April. We got a promo package. And it looks like EC3 is coming back to Impact Wrestling. Where, to be honest with you... That's been his best run his, his whole career, wasn't Impact Wrestling. So I'm happy to see EC3 back in Impact Wrestling, and I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do with him. That was Impact Wrestling's anniversary. Overall, great show. All the talent put one hell of a performance, and for a show that had no audience, no crowd, no talent sitting in the crowd, what a great show. Man, Impact Wrestling's doing their thing. If you are sleeping on Impact Wrestling, you guys are playing yourself. Weekly, they put some good product. If you guys don't have Access TV, because I see that a lot on social media. Oh, I wish I could find them in a channel that, you know, that, that everybody could have, yada, yada, yada. If you guys don't have Access TV, you could go on Twitch every Tuesday night and you could watch it for free. Yes, Twitch. You go on your Fire Stick or whatever gimmick you have, your smart TV or whatever it is. You download the Twitch app, subscribe to the Impact channel, and every Tuesday, they simulcast it. You could watch it for free. Don't sleep on Impact Wrestling. Let's get more eyes on this product. Everybody talks about AW, WWE, you know, the Wednesday Night Wars, and they kind of forget about other promotions that are out there. There's so much wrestling out Well, not right now due to the pandemic. Like, obviously, Ring of Honor's not running shows. MLW's not running shows either. But, man, Impact Wrestling is still putting out shows, and they're putting out great product. Let's support these guys. I, I don't understand the mindset where it's only like, oh, you need to collect one company and not like the other. What's wrong with you? Enjoy wrestling. Enjoy all wrestling. Don't be a slapdick. Don't be a fucking mark for one company and not the other. There's no rule, there's no law that says you can't like all wrestling. Support Impact Wrestling. They really have a great brand. And with the Good Brothers showing up there now, they signed a two-year deal, which I'm going to talk about. They're talking shot podcast in a little bit. We got the Motor Shitty Machine Guns. We don't know what the status of them, if they're back there full-time. I'm telling you guys, give this product a chance. It's very entertaining. To be honest with you, I kind of enjoy that more than Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. All right, guys, let's talk about their podcast. Let's talk about the Talking Shop Podcast, the Good Brothers. Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, not Luke Gallows, because Luke Gallows, WWE owns that name. The Big LG, Friday night, midnight, they did a live Talking Shop Podcast on YouTube. They sat down with Ryan Satin and the third man of the podcast, Rocky Romero. I feel like I'm saying the third man, like Sammy Suplex. But no, they sat down with Ryan Sand and they kind of just put it all out there. What went wrong with the WWE? What happened? What they plan on doing in the future? Wow. It was two hours, but it was such a good listen. I laughed. I was like, wow. I was shocked at some of the things they were saying. They talked about everything. They talked about how six months into their, their first deal back in 2016, they were already miserable they wanted to get out of there they talked about the saudi arabia stuff what happened over there they also talked about um how they were so close to signing AEW and going back to new japan last year when they signed their new deal and how there was some friction there 
after they signed with the WWE. They talked about all that. So I, I find it very interesting how back in 2016, they were already miserable. They were like, fuck it. I'm counting. We're counting down the two years, I think he said, like two or three years till their contract is over so they could get the hell out and they could go back to New Japan. Originally, that's what they thought. Because keep in mind, back in 2016, AEW wasn't even a thing. It wasn't even a thought at that time. So leading up to their contract expiring, you know, they started talking to the Bucks. Obviously, when they announced AEW, uh, Carl Anderson was saying how they had like a house show in Anaheim, I believe. He said, I, I could be wrong there. And they, the Bucks pretty much laid out everything. What they plan on doing with AEW, blah, blah, blah. And how they, they kind of want, you know, the Good Brothers to show up in AEW. Fast forward to a couple months later, uh, I believe uh, Rocky Romero, because he's like the liaison for uh, New Japan. He pretty much works in the office. He's trying to get the Good Brothers to come back to New Japan. So now you have the Bucks... And I believe Kenny Omega trying to get the Good Brothers. And then you have Rocky Romero trying to bring them back to New Japan. So as it got closer to their end of their deals, you know, the Good Brothers are kind of just talking to everyone. And their mindset is like, hey, we want to get out of WWE. At the time, with the whole AEW stuff coming out, WWE's trying to sign all their talent. You know, they're trying to sign them to new deals. They're, trying, they're throwing money at the talent pretty much. So you're getting money left and right from all these companies. Something I didn't know was even back then, going back a year ago, Impact Wrestling, Scott Demore, because they have a really close relationship with the Good Brothers, Scott Demore is trying to convince them to go, to go to Impact Wrestling. So you're getting offers, not only from Impact, you got offers from AEW, you got offers from New Japan, and you have WWE trying to sign these dudes. Now, ultimately, we know that the Good Brothers ended up signing with the WWE, but what we didn't know was... There was already plans in motion for the Good Brothers to show up in that first episode of Dynamite. They were going to show up at the main event. They were going to tr- too sweet with the Elite, you know, Omega and the Young Bucks, and then just beat the snot out of them. Imagine if that would have happened, guys. Imagine if we would have gotten the Good Brothers showing up at the first Dynamite. Like, how would that change the landscape of Dynamite that we know now? Like, would there still be an inner circle? Would Chris Jericho be aligned with the Good Brothers? Would the Good Brothers be in the inner circle? There's so many questions there. Like, what would have happened there? Also, ultimately, what would have happened was if they would have signed the deal with AEW, that would have left the door open for them to go to New Japan also. So there was already, like, a deal in motion as well for New Japan that when Moxley won the United States Championship, I believe, at Wrestle Kingdom, they were going to show up, I think, and Carl Anderson was going to like beat the snot out of Mox. And then that would have led to a program there in New Japan. And I think he was even supposed to win the United States Championship, I believe Carl said. And I could be wrong there. Maybe it wasn't Wrestle Kingdom. It might have been during his first uh, championship run as United States Champion. Like the first time John Moxley won the United States title. So there was a program there. There were so many things that could have happened if they wouldn't have signed that WWE deal. But you got to understand, guys, as much as like the coulda, shoulda, woulda's, they're family guys, you know, and it's money. Money talks. He even says it, uh, Carl and, and Doc even said that they could have bet on themselves and they could have went to AEW, you know. They just were nervous because AEW was like a, a a new thing. They didn't know if they had a TV deal yet. Not saying they questioned themselves or questioned the Bucks, but it's just like the uncertainty. So I get that aspect. And plus they're family. They're family men, you know. They got to provide for their family. So I, I get it. I don't knock them for choosing WWE. And they also wanted to be there with their boy AJ. Man, there's so much stuff that came out of that that uh, interview. So if you definitely check it out, I don't want to put it all out here now. I-, I want you guys to go listen to it. So the Good Brothers went on record what was up with the Paul Heyman situation because 
we've been seeing AJ on on Mixer, which I don't even think Mixer's a thing anymore. AJ on Mixer and some of these interviews, he's been like letting Paul Heyman have it, you know? I'm a grown man. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When Doc Gallows did that impersonation of AJ, I could not stop laughing. And you could tell like they there's so much love between the Good Brothers and AJ, and I can see why AJ feels responsible for it. They said it on the podcast. AJ helped convince Gallows and Anderson, besides the money deal, you know, which. Uh, there's just so much different layers to this, but you know AJ wanted Gals and Anderson to be with him. They're they're legit good brothers all together. That's that's his boys. When they got released, AJ felt responsible for it. So the Paul Heyman stuff is very interesting. How it came out in this podcast, AJ went digging to find out why they let go of Gals and Anderson, and he asked Paul Heyman. No, he spoke to someone. Carl Anderson heard that the reason they got fired was because of Paul. So then AJ asked someone, which they didn't say who, who it was. So I'm very interested to know who could that be. So AJ went to question this person. And this person told AJ, I think it's Paul. So AJ confronted Paul and said to him, I had nothing to do with it. You have my word. AJ went to Vince and was like, listen, dude, you got to tell me the truth. Why did Gallus and Anderson get fired? Like, who's responsible for this? And Vince just said it was Paul. And <laughs> it was it's like Paul lied, you know? And there, there was other lies throughout before even the firing before them getting released so pretty much the whole concept was like why did they get fired was like paul felt like the good brothers was overpaid so cutting costs he was like let's fire these dudes think about it they were just in part of the main event the boneyard match with the undertaker and aj right and then what was it like two weeks later they get fired like nothing it's fucked up but i think if we look at the bigger picture now them getting fired was kind of a favor because now they're with Impact Wrestling. They signed a two-year deal with Impact Wrestling, which apparently, from what they're saying, the deal was really, really good. With that deal, they're open to do New Japan. Impact is working dates around the New Japan dates once they go back to New Japan. So the Good Brothers seem happy. They, they've been promoting this talk and shop of mania, which should be like a shenanigans show. I think it kind of is... It's very... Based on the, the YouTube clip that I saw, and they actually promoted the talk and shop of mania on the podcast. It's kind of like jackass meets like backyard wrestling Andy Milanakis type comedy it looks funny there's gonna be some impact talent on there there's gonna be talent that recently got released I think Enzo's gonna be on there Ugh. I'm happy for the good brothers they seem really happy they did say on the podcast that New Japan and AEW both had really good deals where they were ultimately gonna be working both companies and then when they signed the new deal with WWE Rocky Romero was saying how Matt texted him saying like these motherfuckers they fucked us you know there was some heat between the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers but apparently now everything's all patched up and they're good I think Cody they didn't say Cody's name but they did say that uh, someone else in management there's still something there there's still some tension there but they said it's nothing personal it was just they were looking at what had the better money offer, you know, and you can't blame them. You can't blame them. Sometimes money talks, and for the amount of money that we're getting to in WWE, who wouldn't take that offer, you know? Especially if you have a family. So you can't knock them there. All in all, definitely check out, definitely check out the podcast. Or if you want to watch it, you know, to see their facial expressions and, and see uh, all the jocularity there, uh, check it out on YouTube too. It's it's two hours, but I guarantee you, you will not be bored watching it. All right, guys, that was it. That was the the show, the the Solo Jones mini sode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's a little bit different because it's just me. It's just me rambling and talking and stuff, and kind of giving you my opinions and thoughts on Slammiversary. 
also the Good Brothers Talking Shop podcast that you can check out on YouTube. It's about two hours, but I guarantee you, you will not be bored in those two hours. Or you can listen to the audio version wherever you get your podcast, just like you're listening to right now wherever you get your podcast needs. The Lucha Outsider Show podcast. And if you enjoy this podcast or just enjoy all of our other episodes and hate this one, Still leave us a review. Leave us a five-star frog splash rating review. Comments, grievances, bury either one of us. For this episode, it'll probably be me. But normally, you'll bury Leo or Sam or maybe me. Whatever you want to do. Just leave us a review, guys. If you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy the content we give you guys on the podcast feed, on our Facebook feed, on our Instagram feed, leave us a review. Come on. Show us some love, guys. Show us some love. Check out Impact Wrestling Slammiversary on, on Replay, which is the, the Fight app, or on regular pay-per-view. Support Impact Wrestling, guys. They have a really good brand. They're doing some big stuff. Check them out on Tuesdays on Access TV. If you don't have Access TV, you can watch it on Twitch. They simulcast it, so you have no excuses. And also check out The Good Brothers. Check out The Good Brothers uh, podcast. Uh, talking shop. Talking shop. So next weekend, we have GCW. Sam and I will be going to GCW in Atlantic City. So there could potentially be a road episode. Maybe there won't be. It all depends what happens there. Uh, but if you guys see us, you know, for the people that do listen to this podcast and are going to GCW in Atlantic City, if you guys see us, say what's up to us, you know, chop it up with us. Just don't be annoying or awkward or a prick. Don't be a prick because I tend to ignore people if you guys are acting like slapdicks. Sam, on the other hand, he'll talk to whoever. I'm not that way. No, not me. Okay, guys. Uh, one one more thing. Definitely want to give a shout-out to The Rest Friends. I did their podcast a couple weeks ago, The Rest Friends Podcast. So what I decided to do is, like, it was uh, it was last Sunday. I think we recorded it at night. I decided to bring them on, uh, just kind of talk some wrestling, talk about them, what started the wrestling fandom. So check it out. It was a bonus episode that got released this past Wednesday. Just putting content out there, guys. Just putting content out there. Just building this brand. I love the Lucha Outsider show. This is an escape for me. I love wrestling. Why not just record more content? There's nothing wrong with that, you know, especially if you guys are enjoying it. And I enjoy putting content out there because that's what I do. I'm just a talker. That's what I do. All right. So maybe we'll see you guys next week for uh, at GCW. Maybe there will be a podcast. Maybe there won't be. But if not, we'll see you guys in two weeks. We should go be going back to our regular scheduled program on Facebook Live. And then after Facebook Live, the podcast drops the same day. So, with all that being said, you can find me at RatedArsons87. But make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Now for the old man Leo, for Sammy Suplex. I'm yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Keep it Rated R. And say too sweet. Goodbye! And good night. Bang!